Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the first in our series of spoiler special podcasts dedicated to another. MCU show on Disney Plus and this one is the wonderful in my opinion but I suspect you all share that opinion Miss Marvel if you please Miss not Mrs <laughs> not Miss Miss Marvel uh the brand new show that introduces Kamala Khan to the MCU in the shape of Iman Falani and it is a belter indeed and joining me to discuss this show over the next hour or so are my three colleagues of such lethal cunning to my left to my left, to my left. <laughs> what am I doing? It's not even the words. <laughs> oh God. I'm a broken man. Uh, Amon Warman is here. Hello, Amon Warman. Hello, Chris Hewitt. Hello, la. Oh, that's the other podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're also joined, although she did not join in, your lack of participation in the Empire Podcast Marvel I Studios fan or Did you? Yes. Did you, Sophie Butcher? I did you? Hummed. You hummed? Yeah. All right, well, it's... <laughs> Listen, I don't have a kazoo. I'll have to invest in one. Oh, you, like, you, you don't need a kazoo. You can just, you can mouth trumpet. Mm. James Dyer mouth trumpeted. That's true. No, I, I forgot my kazoo. I feel yeah. bad about my lack of kazoo. I'm yeah. sure you have a lovely, lovely voice. What a lovely, 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 <laughs> lovely voice. <laughs> oh, God. This could be a long podcast. <laughs> Except it's not, because one of us has a hard out. That's mm. right. That's right. I'm not going to say who, Jimbo. <laughs> but anyway, that means we have to get into it. We have to race into the first episode of Miss Marvel, uh, which is entitled Generation Y, but they spelled Y W H Y. It's clever. It's a, it's a play on, on words. Uh, it is directed by Adil and Bilal. It is written by Bishake Ali. And um, I have to say, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely tremendous. We have seen the first two episodes. Nick, the second episode is going to be out next week on Disney+. Plus. Then after that, we are flying blind, mm-hmm. folks. But I would say that this is a very confident introduction to the MCU. It feels unlike anything we've seen in the MCU thus far, stylistically. Really great stuff, wouldn't you say? Who wants to go first? I'm looking at you, Amon. Uh, yeah, I completely co-sign everything you just said. I loved uh, this episode. I don't think it's a spoiler to say the first episode, in my opinion, at least, is stronger than the second. Um, but yeah. <gasps> dum, 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 dum. I can't even acknowledge <laughs> the existence of a second episode. I haven't seen the second episode. Have you not? No. Did you not go to the, the special thing? No, I was away. So oh. I've only so, seen the first one. Oh, okay. so today was your first exposure yeah. to... Yeah, oh, okay. So what did you, what did you think? Yeah, I loved it. It was so refreshing to me. I wouldn't bother with episode two in that case. Apparently not, according to Amon. I didn't say it was bad. I just said this was better. Episode two hater here. Listen, listen, I'm someone who loves episode twos. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get enough of them. Five stars, says I. 
but Amon's the hater in this oh room. My oh my gosh. God. Nah, this is a really great introduction to her character and her culture and her family and the dynamics that she shares with her friends and family. I just, I freaking loved it. All right, because I think one of the things that's very interesting about uh, Miss Marvel so far is the lack of a villain. Uh, I think we found mm. one. It's Amon who, <laughs> who loathes episode two with all his heart oh and all his gosh. soul. Uh, but Sophie, please continue. Tell me more about what you liked about this this show. Yeah, I loved it. I think I think it was a perfect first episode. It just set everything up. Her character, who she is, what she's going through at school at the moment, her friend Bruno, her family, the stakes there between them, the tension between them. We don't talk um, about Bruno. No. <laughs> Today we no. do. <laughs> and for the next five weeks. Yeah. I feel that joke will come up again. <laughs> oh, it's already come up in the uh, Miss Marvel preview podcast oh, that we did. Okay. Yeah, I've already I've already used it, but listen, yeah. when does it ever stop me? No. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just the perfect setup. You know, it leaves it right at the end where she's she's figured out these powers um, and you're just wondering what she's going to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I think it was great. I mean... And it was just really, it really had its own identity, which I don't think the Marvel shows have had for a while. Like, it felt really separate to everything else that we've had. And I know Moonlight was I quite distinct. I don't know distinct. what you mean, Sophie. I think there's <laughs> lots no of identity. It had no accents in it. No. Um, well, there were, but they were Americans, so you couldn't really tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got full Terry Fedables. <laughs> 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 Is that a waste, Sophie? <laughs> Anyway, the last podcast we did was the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, podcast and it broke me because of the unrelenting waves of negativity from from Debbie Downer here, James Dyer. But uh, Jimbo, has this show turned you around? No, it was fucking terrible. Honestly, (laughs) the worst Marvel show by a country mile. I absolutely know I can't I can't keep that up either. Uh, No, it's really good. It's really good. It's it's but the thing is, it's like just to kind of assuming people are listening to this as a double bill with the Obi-Wan, where it's like Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan Kenobi, Uh, where's Obi-Wan? one kind of feels like it, it just it completely lacks dynamism it lacks energy in the direction and it lacks identity like this is everything that that isn't like it feels electric it feels full of bursting with personality the direction sort of jumps off the screen at you uh there, there's so much love about this and it feels like something you haven't seen before like demonstrably and partly I think that's because it's aimed at a slightly different audience and the other MCU shows excuse somewhat younger but the themes are universal and I, I really like the fact that this is a, a uh, Kamala Khan show certainly from the beginning and not a Ms. Marvel show Like, mm-hmm. and it may evolve yes. into something else but yeah. it's a character driven show it's about her it's about her family it's about those relationships uh, and I think that works really well and I'm the first to admit that a lot of these references were lost on me but the screening that I went to which was kind of a premiere screening they had a number of influencers, and all influencers are twats, but nevertheless, <laughs> uh, they had a number of influencers there, and they had a lot of, uh, I assume they were influencers from uh, the Pakistani community, and the reason I suspect this is because they went, Pakistan, represent, before the screening started. So I was like, okay, that's a giveaway. But absolutely pissing themselves at loads of these references, so that I think there were a lot of deep cut cultural references where they've really leaned into this uh, cultural identity of Kamala Khan. Uh, and it seemed to me, like, and certainly from the feedback that they were giving when they came out of it, that it really hit home for them, and it really resonated with them, and they absolutely loved it. And I actually think that's really nice. Like, it's not paying lip service to her origin. It's really going full throttle at it. Uh, And I, you know, like I say, a lot of it was lost on me, but I really enjoyed that. It felt like it had substance, it had texture, and it felt like it had legitimacy to it. So, yeah, this this was good. I was at that same screening, and yeah, I felt that love too. And it was really, really great that Marvel sort of are paying attention uh, to that and are really putting in the work to make those cultural references as accurate as possible. Mm. I mean, I felt the same way about Shang-Chi and I absolutely felt the same way about Black Panther. 
Uh, so yeah, mm. long may that continue. Yeah, you never mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Yes. Let me tell you about the Black Panther premiere screening. Also, I will say one thing. It's just like we never got to see uh, like Edgar Wright's Ant Man, obviously. But this, mm. this yes. for me felt mm. like if Edgar Wright yeah. made a superhero movie, it would feel a lot like this. Like this yeah. had a lot of shades of Scott Pilgrim to it. It Absolutely. does. I enjoyed yeah. that enormously. So mm. Yeah, I love those guys, Adil and Bilal. I, I genuinely, uh, unashamedly, unironically loved Bad Boys for Life. I thought it was terrific. I'm what right is there. wrong with you? <laughs> I'm right there with you. What is wrong with you? And, wait, uh, wait, 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 you didn't like that film? No, no, I did not. What is wrong this with you? Is probably for another podcast, <laughs> but I, just, like, I was very unhappy with Bad Boys for Life. I'm sorry. Why were you unhappy with Bad Boys for Life? Because it wasn't good. That was pr- my primary I, reason. I, 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 I couldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. But then, you know, equally, like, and, I, and speaking of Edgar Wright, I got into an argument with Edgar Wright about this at the Empire Awards <laughs> about 10 or 12 years ago. About Bad Boys for about Life? Had he seen? Because obviously he was very much of the opinion post Hot Fuzz that Bad Boys Two is better than Bad Boys, which is just a wrong opinion, and I'm having absolutely none of it. What are you going to do? Indeed. What are you going to do do when Edgar Wright comes for you? Uh, And I think he won the argument, but I like to think I won the war. So, how did he win the argument? Well, I just, I just kind of felt like I shouldn't be sitting there yelling at Edgar Wright, so I stopped. I mean, his literal name is Edgar Wright. How can he be wrong? He can't be Edgar wrong. Yeah, Yeah, this is why we don't let James out. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming at film directors. Yelling at directors. (laughs) Bad Boys is better than Bad Boys 2, you twat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anyway, this is a good show, isn't it? Adil and Bilal, I think they really bring a directorial identity to it. Listen, I do not think... That you know, in the early days of Marvel, you could you could make that accusation certainly that there was a sense of you know that the authorship was was missing from the from the MCU, and that they they got a, a series of directors who obviously made very very good and very solid contributions to the MCU, and without them, we wouldn't be where we are now, sitting in a grey room talking about a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, without without people like journeymen like Joe Johnson and John Favreau and Kenneth Branagh, Bernard and you know, and Joss Whedon, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here, <laughs> would we? But uh, I think over the years they've 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 been unfairly criticised, and certainly what happened with with Edgar Wright on Ant Man led to that an awful lot. But as I've said before as well, I think it was a kind of epiphany for Marvel and for Kevin Feige, and there were other factors behind the scenes that you know we probably shouldn't get into here. Mm-hmm. That meant that suddenly there was a bit more autonomy over at Marvel Studios and I think that they were then able to let directors be themselves a little bit more so you know Black Panther uh, is unashamedly a Ryan Coogler film the the Russo Brothers movies are absolutely Russo Brothers movies Thor Ragnarok and I'm assuming Thor Love and Thunder are Mm -hmm. absolutely Taika Waititi movies Uh, Eternals for all his criticisms uh, that are leveled at not by me the founder, secretary no. and treasurer of the Eternals fan club <laughs> yeah, not by me either and Sophie is the, the CEO uh, CEO <laughs> the Eternals this, this fan club is really growing isn't it <laughs> yeah, we now big. have a CEO yeah. yeah it does a lot of charitable work we're ambitious <laughs> we're very ambitious we're coming for you um, you know and that's a that's a Chloe Shaw movie through and through mm. and I think that this is along with Loki and Kate Heron who did a great job on, on that uh, on that show on Loki I think this is one of the first times in the MCU TV shows that we've really got that sense of directorial authorship. A Matt Shackman on WandaVision. I'm going to backtrack massively now. Here. <laughs> <laughs> on every show, we've had a strong sense of directorial vision. But 
this feels unlike anything. Not just not just the energy, not just the really interesting camera shots and angles, not just the you know the, the lovely way that they they're, they're texting Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno and mm-hmm. uh, Kamala. We do talk about Kamala. Are going through the streets and they're texting, and you know we see mm-hmm. the text appear behind them. All that stuff is really really lovely, but there's just there's a, there's a vibrancy to it which which yeah. feels new to me. And part of that, I think, Iman Vellani might just be the best bit of casting I've seen. Yeah, I can't imagine since Oscar Isaac since, since, Oscar, Oscar, Isaac. <laughs> since Oscar Isaac played Moon Knight. It's extraordinary. Uh, no, I just she's so good, and I can't imagine anyone else playing that role. Like she has, she's just a great big ball of energy. Like mm. it's 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 incredible. Just the amount of sort of just un alloyed joy that she brings to that role because she comes across as a massive fangirl because as has been very well documented she is a massive fangirl so and she's a hmm. newcomer right is this like her first yeah first time acting I believe uh, on which is anything. mad mm. yeah because she's great she is great she's really really good yeah. and she's able to you know nail dramatic scenes like the, it, it, it's an episode that has the confidence to end with a very very quiet scene it mm. has the big action set piece if you want to call it that <laughs> at Avenger Con which you know we'll talk about absolutely but then it ends with that really really quiet scene with her and her mother where she gets rebuked mm-hmm. and then, yeah. you know and that's quite ballsy to do that those scenes with her parents are so well done I like, love them I've, so much by the way her parents yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like I really 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 felt it when she disappointed her father and the way in which that scene lands is so powerful. Like I remember like feeling almost like, you know, like secondhand, I know uh, embarrassment is not the right word, but secondhand, like, oh Cringe. shit. Fremdscheimen, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as the Germans call it. Um, <laughs> what are they called? Fremdscheimen. It's vicarious embarrassment, like essentially cringe comedy. Fremdscheimen. 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 Yes. Where does that sit next to Schadenfreude? <laughs> Pretty close to it, I think. Yeah. Well, surely not. All right. Yeah. Okay. What were yeah. we talking about? We're talking about how that scene was amazing. Are you okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for people, just lift back the curtain a little bit. We cut a whole load of shit out. <laughs> uh, during which Amon got a fiddle of giggles. I think might be about to kill him. This could be seen him off. <laughs> yeah, this might be his first. So Amon, just with your dying sentences, just get out what you thought of this episode real quick. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, my word. All right. Extraordinary. This episode is dedicated to a mon woman. <laughs> to the memory of a mon woman. <laughs> Stay away from the blinding lights. <laughs> he died as he lived, scored by Michael Giacchino. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'm back, I think. All right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to do Tans Vaughn. To be well to realise it's not what that was. <laughs> that's a universal theme. Uh, right. Let's talk, <laughs> that. <laughs> talk about the universal themes oh my God. of this show. Oh Five more weeks of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is just arranged. Yes. Universal themes of the show. Very relatable, isn't it? Talk about things. 
<laughs> yes, yes. I was a teenager once, 150 years ago. I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying desperately to remember us. Yeah. Could I just say, I will say, old, uh, old, your man Bruno, we can talk about Bruno and yes. we shall talk about Bruno. He's played by Matt Lintz. Mm. And what excited me is like, he came on the screen and I was like, I know him. He's very familiar to me. I know him. Why is he so familiar to me? And it was bothering me. And I couldn't work out. And I was like, oh my God, he's the spitting image of Maddie Bosch. So Madison Lintz, who yeah. plays Maddie Bosch in oh, yeah. Bosch. I was like, and I was like, he must be related to Maddie Bosch. And I was waiting all the way through for the credits. And when I saw his last name was Lintz, I was like, yes, I knew it. <laughs> and, and, and he's related to Bosch because of? He's in Bosch. No, she's no, in Bosch. His sister to... plays Bosch's daughter, Maddie. Sister. So you have a twin sister. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bruno is also familiar to me, but for none of those reasons, because he is the boy who has a crush on a girl who has a friend, but doesn't want to uh, sort of take that next step for fear of losing that friendship, which is a position which I have found myself in before. Oh, tell us oh, more. Oh, hello. <laughs> for another pod, guys. For another pod. <laughs> um, I'll give you some confessional music. <laughs> This is this is a way to get me not to confess right now. Is what you're doing, Um, but yeah, and it's played really, really well. He's Um, mayor of the friend zone. Yeah, well, well, there is that little subtle moment. um, I can't remember what what point in the episode it was when they had a little moment. Oh, they do on the the roof. Oh no, it's on the roof. roof. It's on the roof. When when he gives her the gloves. Yeah, that she's very pissed off because you know her parents do not want her to go to a Fentricon, and you can see why because of all the boys thinking I don't know what and drinking I don't know what. Um, quite rightly so as well which is a line taken from the the comic book there's a few lines from the comic book actually in, in this episode mm. uh, which is nice to see but yeah there's a there's a moment there and I don't know if you have gone back and listened to the preview podcast that we did in which I interviewed Adil and Bilal and Bishake Ali and Sun Amanet who is a producer on the show but also one of the co-creators of Kamala Khan, because Miss Marvel obviously is, is a name that's been kind of handed around from hero to hero throughout the, the history of the uh, the comics, including, of course, at one point, Carol Danvers. But uh, but in 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 the comic book, which wasn't didn't come out that too long ago, I would say, uh, Sona Amanet is one of the co-creators. Anyway, in one of the interviews, they talked about I think it was either Bishop or Sona was talking about the concept of Team Bruno. Like, are you on Team Bruno as a romantic, potential romantic interest mm. for, for Kamala okay. Khan? Or are you like, they should remain friends? And I have to say, I'm hoping that they get it on in a teen-friendly PG-13 sense. <laughs> as he reaches for his physique. I'm not sure about that because I really like seeing platonic friendships. Yeah. And that was something that I liked about Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's clearly a frisson here. I see. Yeah. I wonder, because like, I found it quite interesting. That obviously, he he's must have known her since they were very young, mm. because he's seen as a kind of a a, a no threat male by her he's family. In the yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, so uh, you know, I wondered, you know, what the reasons for that was. Like, you know, is is he gay? Like, what's the reason why his mother doesn't mind her daughter spending all this time with him? Whereas you would think maybe that would be. You know, a source mm. of concern. But I think um, 
Kamala mentions that he doesn't have much family at one point, doesn't she? So yes. Maybe so he's kind of adopted he's into the... He's always spent a lot of time there. It seems like they are really close and for a long mm. time. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where because they're maybe they're childhood friends, he's just not seen that way. Yeah. And they just assume that she would never see him that it's, way. And maybe that's true. Yeah. I think it's different. I think it's different. I don't think it's it's like uh, Katie and, uh, and Shang-Chi in Shang-Chi at all. Because there you get a sense that these are just really, they're really good friends. And they're tight, and you get a sense maybe by the end of the movie there might be something down the line possibly yeah. for them. But that's the scene on the roof where there's a there's a pregnant pause, and yeah. there's a moment, and yeah. and he doesn't take it, and you can sense it maybe, um, you know, not not I've seen episode two, but it's certainly in episode two there might be fucking. a spectre of not fucking James. <laughs> James. Honestly, James. <laughs> teenagers. Think of the two. Have you met teenagers? <laughs> Once I was a teenager. That's right. Now I'm just an old man. Yeah. Uh, like like but, you and McGregor. Yeah, pretty much. I'm in my forties and ready for the knackers yard. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I think there is there is interest from him in her. I don't know whether it's reciprocated, but mm. I suspect that it might be by mm. the end of of this season but um, he's her guy in the chair he is yeah. her guy in the chair yeah. um, and I'm I, just looking at Matt Lintz's CV here he's really uh, you know he doesn't have a, a huge amount of credits 2012 was a big year for him he played Freckled Boy in Piranha 3DD <laughs> and then upgraded to Disruptive Kid in What to Expect When You're Expecting and of course who can forget him in The Dark Knight in 2008 because as we all know the Joker had nothing in his pockets but knives and lints. Oh, <laughs> God. I wondered where that was going. Me too. <laughs> oh, oh. That's, that's, that's... I have the kazoo. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, but he's good. She is terrific. Yeah. Real breath of, uh, real breath of fresh air, I would like, say. Because she is the ultimate fan. Like, if she was doing this, like, <laughs> she'd have the best podcast on this show. If, if, you know. Fuck she you. <laughs> she'd have the second best podcast on this show. That's so. much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, if she were to do something like this, because, like, yeah, she's so the. So it's old- Kermo de Mayo. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then her. And then her. And then a long gap. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I enjoyed Kamala Khan. There weren't enough kazoos on her podcast for me. <laughs> You'd be the one to leave the one star iTunes review, wouldn't you? I don't do that. I should do that. No, you shouldn't. I should be review bombing those motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I should be doing. Anyway, please continue. Yeah. I was just saying that, yeah, she she was great. Like, And and I love um, how the show even opens with that sort of uh, Battle of Avengers recreation. Yes. uh, Which is really, really cool. And... The YouTube channel is called Sloth Baby. In the <laughs> comics, she writes Captain Marvel fan fiction under Sloth Baby. So I like how they brought that to the show. You uh, like? There's a little conversation she has with Bruno, where he, he she calls him up and she goes, "You fell, you fell in the Hudson again for you know, yeah, for the you third fell time. for a third time." And she's like, "No, no, no. That's uh, what's the code word for falling in the Hudson for a third time?" She goes, "Black Sloth down." Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. And also, like, in the Hudson. she's fallen in the Hudson twice. <laughs> that was just like such a great little line, and I think mm. that does come from Bisha K. Ali, who I really loved her as a comedian b- before this. So when I saw that she, she was doing this. I was really excited. And I think she just peppers it with those like it's, funny moments all yeah. the way through. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and and the comedy's not just confined to Kamala as well. Other people are funny. Her dad is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I love I love her mum as well. There's something yeah. there's something so yes, specific about her mum as well. But again, very, very oh boy. 
universal about <laughs> this is going to become old. Uh, very I love it. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris Hewitt. How's it going? No joke, I won't beat into the ground mercilessly. Uh, but yeah, I love that scene where, where Bruno, um, who we do talk about, see, I'm already beating in the ground. Bruno comes around to their house and she's like, oh, Bruno, I must I must give you something. I must give you some food. Will you stay for dinner? No, but in that case, I'm going to give you something to eat. And then yeah. seconds later, she comes back with huge boxes of stuff. Yeah. And that, that you know. He's like, how did you do that so fast? <laughs> yeah. But that's what mothers do. Yeah. That's her superpower. That's that's her superpower. But uh, yeah, there's there's such a, a lovely, a lovely, uh, humor to the show the driving lesson just made me laugh an awful lot it's oh, probably predictable that it's going to go awry in some way but mm. the, the the shot of her reversing it at the car the reveal from the, the driver who <laughs> yeah. who doesn't he's not Martin Starr but he feels like he's related yeah. to Martin Starr's <laughs> teacher, Mr. Harrington, Mr. Harrington from the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Uh, and then I loved the bit with her parents remonstrating with him as well. Like, you, yeah. well, it's basically your fault. You were going to let her out in the street with all the cars. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. good. Um, having them on guarantee. Uh, to say. Oh, wow. oh, here we go. Oh, okay. This early. <laughs> all right. That's not just any driving lesson, people. That is Chekhov's driving lesson. Oh. oh, I think in the final she episode, will pass the test. <laughs> is that the climax of the whole show that she passes a driving test? I think so. Something like well, I think as part like of it'll the bring it back show. to that like it's small low thing stakes, at the end. It? <laughs> it's not the best, you know. There was something I mean, before I that. Mirror signal maneuver, reversing around the corner. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, that is going to be something we return to before the series is done. I passed my driving test in the States, oh, by really? the way. Yeah, so I, I, I had a US driving license for about a year when I was living over there. And uh, it is so much easier to pass a driving test <laughs> in the States. It's so much easier. I failed my driving test first time I, I did it over here because mm. I can't reverse for shit. Yeah. Just can't do it. I'm just like, <laughs> nope, I'm good. Thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm glad you believe that I can parallel park, but I, I actually can't. So just get just the car that, that has bit. the camera that you can look at as That's you do it. That's cheating. No, and also, cheating. Uh, don't forget, I'm very old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Obi-Wan Kenobi old. They didn't have those cars back then. Yeah. You know? They park themselves now, don't they? They you do. say, Tesla, park! And it'll yeah. do that thing. But my American really? driving test was, was almost literally, you got in, I drove around for a bit, uh, then the driver and driving instructor went, okay, so now change lanes. And I changed lanes. I went, okay, change lanes back. I changed lanes back. And he went, you've passed your test. What are you doing? You have to like, you sell your soul to pass a driving test like, here. I was like, do you want to see me reverse? He went, no, I'm, we're good. And I was like, okay then. I'm a menace. Oh, wow. I would not let me out on these streets. <laughs> but it was all good. It was all fine. Anyway, we're digressing a great deal in this podcast. Um, we should talk about, oh, I don't know. The TV show Miss Marvel. <laughs> it's a novel so, thought. It, it is a novel thought, but the the opening animation is the first time I think we've heard the uh, battle at the Avengers compound at the end of Endgame referred to as the Battle of Earth. Oh yeah, mm. that's yeah. interesting. Seems a stupid thing to call it if you're from Earth, doesn't it? Like yeah. if you if you're from <laughs> space, the Battle of Earth makes sense, but it seems a little bit general if one lives here. Well, yeah. The Battle of New York Wouldn't is it be called... the Battle of Upstate New York? Isn't that where the compound is? Yeah, but I would thought yeah, it would have just it called it the Battle of Avengers Compound. And it brought everyone back on the <laughs> entirety of Earth. Then yeah. surely the Battle of the Portals or something. No. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't call it the Battle of Earth. The, the Battle for Earth, maybe. Now we're getting no. back into grammatical Battle for therapy. the Universe. Thank you. That's where I was going. Battle for the Universe. 
Battle for the Hudson. We want Wales out of the Hudson. <laughs> Fuck Black's those guys. Blacksloth down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Black's <not> down. <laughs> so that's an interesting little wrinkle. Um, another thing that's in the episode and, and goes all the way through the episode, uh, which because it obviously culminates in AvengerCon and, and Kamala is a huge Avengers fangirl, but particularly Captain Marvel. And I asked, uh, I think it was Bishop I asked uh, this question to, uh, because Captain Marvel has been very secretive in the MCU mm. and yet they seem to know an awful lot about her now obviously Scott Lang you know he's been blabbing on his podcast which I sounds love that very, detail. very good yeah. yeah I really hope that they I was hoping they might release that mm. that would be that so would be good awesome that would be like um, what was that thing that they used to, like, yeah, like a Marvel one shot, but in the podcast yes. form, that would be yeah. fantastic. I feel like as well, it answers a question that sometimes I've heard you guys ask on these pods. It's like, how does everyone know every mm-hmm. detail of all the battles? Yeah. Apparently, it's because Scott yeah. Lang's yeah. Like, like, like recounting them <laughs> <laughs> on his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but why wasn't it called? It was called Big Me, Little Me, yeah. which is yeah. which is good. But why wasn't it called Mind the Language? Because that's you know, because his name's Lang, and oh. Lang mm-hmm. is part of. Did you see the okay, little logo little in the bottom? <laughs> There's a logo in the bottom that said this powered life instead of this American life. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, regular sized man. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he goes on that podcast and I hope Conan O'Brien hosts it. And I hope halfway through he introduces a clip from Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I... Instant subscribe. Instant, <laughs> instant subscribe for two episodes and then you stop listening. Uh, anyway, how is Carol Danvers so known? Because her exploits in Captain Marvel were shielded from the public, literally shielded from so the public. Mm. It's unintentional, but I, I lead into it. Uh, and then she turns up for the, the the fag end of the battle of battle for the universe at Avengers Compound in upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and no one really knows who she is, but everyone like there are people are holding up Carol Danvers signs. We love you, Carol. Also, the Mohawk outfit which she hasn't had in a while. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did have a thing in One Division where they go on about how Captain Marvel almost defeated Thanos single-handedly um, because she you know, smashed through her, uh, his ship and, you know, basically almost, you know, defeated him single-handedly. Did so you ma- know? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes, you know, she did. Yeah. For, 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 yeah. And she looked she, good doing it. She did look good <laughs> until he pulled out the power stone and like tried yeah. her with it. But the head of, of course, moment is great. Of course he'd come to Dallas's defense. Hey, <laughs> hey, I rewatched Infinity War and Endgame on the weekend because I'm never off brand. And so I am full, full of the joys of Thanos at the moment. Of course you are. Do you turn it off before he gets turned to dust? I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> it ends, it ends at the end of the film when he has won and they are all dusted. And then he goes and watches the sun rise in a grateful universe. Grateful I'm very, very confused. So you watch Endgame game I'm sorry, about what's that? three minutes in. <laughs> I'd like to watch that bit. He is inevitable and cut. <laughs> Not literally. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I thought so, it was interesting as well how um, it said so in that intro when they were doing the, the battle, it said that she'd abandoned Earth, that Captain Marvel had abandoned Earth. So yeah. obviously she's like not in touch yeah, with anything that's going on at the moment, and she, uh, as she mentioned, there are thousands of other worlds yeah. in the universe, yeah. and they yeah. don't have Avengers, yeah. so she's busy. She mm. is in touch in a sense because Wong has still sort of convened that. Um, yeah, and know, she has a pager, and she has a pager. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I would love more details on it, whether it's the podcast or something else, uh, to get a greater sense of that. Yeah, because it's one thing that's got lying on his uh, podcast. 
can you know he can maybe he could, you know, he can maybe say oh and, and then this person appeared and I know from talking to the other Avengers that her name is Carol Danvers and she's actually from here and she's like super mega powerful but I don't think I've ever really actually met her but it's another thing then for people to go I don't know we're not picking here but I you know it's another thing for people to go all right this is an accurate costume mm. because are there even pictures of her is there footage of her you know did she hang around she did hang around didn't she after Tony died. By the way, if anyone yeah. hasn't seen Avengers Endgame, <laughs> <laughs> you're shit out of luck. So she's at Tony's funeral. Yeah. Mm. It feels at this point that we have to just assume that everyone kind of knows everything about everything that happened in the yeah, Infinity that's, Saga. That's, uh, not everything about everything, because I feel like time travel is a secret they're keeping on the lock down. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody besides the Avengers knows about that. Yeah. I don't know about that, because you'd have to explain how, Th- how Thanos turned up. I think the people who absolutely need to know, like a Nick Fury or whatever, maybe. But any, any, anybody else, just no, I don't. Time travel is not a secret you want out in the world. So yes, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. I don't think we're going to see her in this episode. We do know in this episode, in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we do, of course, know that Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel, is in the Marvels, mm-hmm. uh, along with, I think, certain members of her family. Uh, as well, which is you know, I'm which I'm really really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she pops, and I don't mean to be negative. I don't want to be the negative Nelly Debbie Downer. That's James's job. <laughs> uh, I didn't love Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Twice. and well, I, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel really bad. I've had long dark nights of the soul, but I didn't love it. Uh, right there with you, buddy. Yeah, what is happening here? (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, So much fun. uh, I think, you know, again, you don't necessarily want to just compare new characters, but she's popped. Kamala has popped in a way that Stephen Grant popped, for example. Like, I think within Mm -hmm. seconds we were like, oh my God, we're on board with this guy, with this performance. We we love him. He's great. Kamala popped in the same way for me. Within seconds, I was like, I know her. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think she's fantastic. In a way that I don't think America Chavez did. America? Fuck yeah! <laughs> no, she just wasn't given the room. She wasn't no, given exactly. the room. She, she, she didn't have an awful lot of... of yeah. yeah. I she hope was, it's that. I hope it's that. She was a MacGuffin for most of the film, and when she wasn't, she was just a walking exposition machine. Um, you cannot say though, either of those things about... Amon, the woman punched star-shaped holes in reality. Leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she has a still a bright future in the MCU uh, when she finds um, sort of that good script that really can give her the opportunity to show all the qualities that um, we're seeing from uh, Kamala Khan. Um, But she didn't get it in Doctor Strange. But uh, yeah, I agree. Within seconds, uh, Kamala really popped. Just a really, really vibrant performance. And I can't wait to see uh, what she does when she actually mixes it up with other superheroes because that is her dream. There's many things about Kamala Khan, not only in her character, but even some of the visuals that we're mentioning, which are similar to Spider-Man. Because Mm -hmm. if you remember... Tom Holland Spider-Man, he always also dreamed of joining the heroes and sort of leaving his life behind and that sort of thing. And even the, um, uh, I can't remember, was it in Civil War or was it in Spider-Man Homecoming that he made that video? Um, Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. Um, you know, documenting sort of uh, his day in the life where mm. Civil War, I, I get this, it's that sort of vibe that we see in the opening montage that Kamala puts together, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I want to know more about Ant-Man and the Wasp's romantic uh, <laughs> yeah, holiday yeah, in Paris yeah. as well. There's lots of little things here I, I want to see uh, around this show. But Kamala is great because she's so 
there's such a specificity to her obviously being uh, the first leading the first title character in the MCU who is who is a Muslim that's that's huge and the, again as we talked about the show leans into that into her Pakistani American background and there's there's a there's a really interesting tension between her, particularly her mother who is very much a traditionalist I would say trying to cling to traditional values mm-hmm. and Kamala wants to plow her own furrow and you know, be her own boss and, and, you know, and perhaps emphasize more the American part of Pakistani American mm-hmm. and her mother and her father are someone who wants to make sure that she's keeping traditions alive. Um, I think there's a really lovely tension that is, I think, shown up in that, in that last exchange between them in the episode. I also think that her mother knows more about what oh, yeah. is, is going on uh, than meets the eye. Yeah, she talk about the bangle and the powers i thought that was a really cool way to introduce it Mm. i don't know a ton about the character from the comics or Mm. like the powers as they were in the comics like i've i've read up on what they Mm -hmm. what they were but i really liked how they introduced it like initially when she first picked up the bangle and then put it down and you didn't really know what it was about Mm -hmm. and then when she actually put it on at avengers con and avenger con Adventure Con, yeah. Con. Yeah. I kept saying Avengers Con in my interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Adventure Con. Um, yeah. And it expanded and you saw this energy go up. I thought it was a really cool power reveal. You saw her eyes glow and then she like flipped back into this sort of other dimension. dimension. Another dimension, another dimension, another, another dimension. dimension, another dimension. Which um, obviously we don't know a ton about, but I just thought that was a really cool way to introduce it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of talk about the change up in powers uh, on this show. Obviously, it's very, very early doors yet. Um, I'm sure we haven't uh, gotten uh, the full scope of what the Bangle is capable of. But yeah, the powers in the show, the powers in the comic, rather, are really, really cool. She basically can stretch like um, Mr. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, her, so one of, one of her key things that she does is, is embiggen, uh, yeah. where she can sort of you know, change any part of her body to you know fight people. Um, so yeah, I feel like, and this was made clearer to me even after watching Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness we're not there yet in terms of making stretchy stuff to look really good on screen maybe by the time they get to mm. Fantastic Four they will get there but I think it looks a little bit goofy they better right do <laughs> <laughs> they better do yeah um, what they're doing uh, with this show so far in terms of how it's looking CGI I, I like what they're doing um, the, the platforming as well looks yeah. really really cool uh, so yeah I'm I'm intrigued to see what else they are going to do with it and I like what they, especially because not only is it just powers for power's sake they're tying it to not only the characters the family's history mm. Um, mm. the fact that it's an heirloom is really interesting exactly yeah. um, it really sort of has story implications beyond yeah. just powers for power's sake or any, or any inhuman uh, sort of connections, which is in the comics, she's yeah. an inhuman, yeah. that's how she gets her powers. It raises so, all yeah. kinds of questions, doesn't it? Because yeah, as you say in the comics, uh, you know, she, her powers are triggered by the, the Terrigen bomb. Mists. So the, the Terrigen mists yeah. are the, 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 the things that the inhumans basically use to, to make, not to make, but to see whether people who are inhuman mm. and they, if yeah. they are, they go through the Terrigen mists and mm. therefore... They, uh, they, you know, they, they acquire their powers, or their powers are activated, which are latent within them. Uh, but the, in the comic, there's a Terrigen bomb that goes off, basically 
I think on a global scale, if I'm right in thinking, mm. and she is caught up in it and then her powers are triggered. Mm. And I can see why they changed the powers because I, I do feel that they want to keep Mr. Fantastic uh, apart from other people. Yeah. I don't think they want to have someone who has Mr. Fantastic's skill set mm. or power set before he arrives properly mm. in the MCU with the Fantastic Four. Um um, but I also think that making it much more culturally specific is very interesting as well. Tying it back to her her grandmother is interesting mm-hmm. also for me. I like that. I'm fascinated by all that. Who is the grandmother of shame? Do you know what I mean? I want to know more about that and the way they're all gossiping about people. like And, and it feels very authentic, all that stuff, which I really, really liked as well. But it's interesting. It, like, it teases you. You want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. And Terrigen Mist is a bit too... Uh, I just... No, I'm, I can't... I can't be doing that. It just, again, that feels like... It's a very comic book device, mm. but it's unsophisticated. And I think this is... This has... This has a lot more weight to it, a lot more potential. I'm telling you, there was a way they could have done that very well. It's just that Inhumans screwed the pooch so royally. Do you mean the Terrigen Mist? <laughs> so you see, not as in hit, as a mist. It's, that was a good joke. <laughs> It was missed. it? Though? It missed. It could have hit, but it missed. I, I saw what he was going for. See, see, yeah. yeah. Okay. I did not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would like yeah. to have seen the Terrigen mists and then Thomas Jane walk out of them looking absolutely devastated. <laughs> <laughs> collapse on the floor. <laughs> this is a uh, mist spoiler special. <laughs> spoiler for the mist. Yeah. Part of me is really intrigued to see what the MCU would look like if Inhumans was good. Um, <laughs> but it was not. <laughs> And here we are. Yeah. yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I agree with James. It is interesting about her grandmother because the mum, there's a lot, the theme running is that Kamala's like got her head in the clouds, that she's like fantasizing mm-hmm. all the time. And her mum says that her grandma was just like that as well, which obviously implies that heritage. But also mm-hmm. when when she goes into that other dimension, when she gets her powers, it felt quite Black Panther-y to me, like the, um, oh, I've forgotten mm. what's ancestral the, plane. the astral, ancestral plane. Yeah. It felt like it looked a little bit visually like that. And obviously that's like, I don't think that's quite what it is. Mm-hmm. But it felt similar it in that. that way. Like, you know, this sort of heritage and passing down. And obviously... Mm. I don't know. The ancestral plane is tied to Bast, the goddess. And I, mm. don't, I don't know. I don't think it is that. It just reminded yeah. Yeah, me yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get that. The fact that she's inheriting this these powers and it's an heirloom, it felt like it all sort of connected yeah. in a similar mm. way. It felt a bit like the land of the dead, if that's even a thing. Uh, uh, no <laughs> I thought that would be cool <laughs> obviously uh, it just felt like a little bit that those were creatures that didn't necessarily have Kamala Khan's best interest at heart that's yeah. what it felt like to me maybe you guys read it in, in a different way but I, I felt that, that that was a world in which she was not meant to be mm. Um, mm. interloping I think I've read something online which says that it might be a Kree heirloom, which would of course tie back into Captain Marvel. Oh, um, well, she does. She does say cosmic at the end, and it. You know, mm. I, I think she has been imbued with the power cosmic mm. in some way, which is interesting. So uh, her powers, as as a mom was saying in the comic book, you know, she is a polymorphous. She can change her appearance, and beginning, and mm-hmm. she can embiggen herself, and she can ensmall herself uh, also. Uh, and here there is this new thing where she can she has she can generate platforms and mm-hmm. and whatnot and and energy beams and but at the same time there is still an element of embiggening. So the powers are the, yeah. the same, but also kind of it's such an iconic image I think even more so whenever I think of Mr. Fantastic stretching I think of him going really long Mm. really long Um, well and uh, (laughs) when I think of Kamala Khan I think of her massive 
big fist. old and big and fist. Yeah. So I'm glad that they got that in in the show. I've never been a fan of her comic powers. So actually, I do prefer. Mm. You think stretching's way. bad? I don't think you? it looks fucking stupid. Yes. Even That's in right. comics. In yeah. comics, I mean, you can get away with it in comics, but I still think it's like I've, I've got no time for Reed Richards or the Fantastic Four, if I'm honest with you. But uh, I uh, Marvel's first family, my ass. Come on, but uh, <laughs> on. but like, but like in this, I just I just think it would have looked stupid. And again, it's it, it's an expensive effect. I think you can get away with light shows and things like that a lot more convincingly. Whereas I think if you're in beginning limbs and you have a limited effect budget, that can go wrong in a hurry. It can go very so wrong. I think this yeah. was a smart move. Yeah. Amon has dressed as a thing today, by the way. So I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to hold him back. He's because yeah. he's. In time. <laughs> it, is, it, is indeed, it is indeed a mon, as you so correctly say. Clobber yeah. <laughs> in time. Um, there's a couple of last things I wanted to talk about before we take some listener questions. Uh, I wanted to talk about the fact that there is no um, antagonist. Yeah. There isn't. But that's because it's not a traditional superhero setup, isn't it? This is a family mm. drama and it's not mm-hmm. about it's not about villains, it's not about goodies and baddies, it's about human dynamics. And actually I think it's much more complex and more sophisticated than that. I and love... I actually like that it's not reductive. Yeah. I like that it's about the you know, the the tissue between people, the networking between families. Unless of course the bad guy is Suzu, the <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't respond when a dad was trying yeah. to trying to turn off the TV. <laughs> Suzu <laughs> Turn off the television. And Suzu yeah. will just not Hus- that's what it is. Oh my god! Yeah. I I really like the fact that there, at least at this early stage, is no villain. It makes this episode that much stronger for focusing mm. pretty much solely on Kamala yep. Khan and, and introducing her with all the vitality that uh, she has coming through the screen. It mm. makes it much. There'll be time for villain stuff later down the line. Let's focus on I Kamala. Hope. I, there will be. We yeah. we know there will be. Yeah. There is a kind of an adversary who's introduced in the mid-credits thing. Do you guys stay around for the mid-credits thing? There's a mid-credits thing? Yeah. Okay. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> I, probably, I probably watched it at the time. I was about to say, I watched this at the screening, but I wondered, did, did they, they play the whole it. credit? I don't think they showed a sting when we saw it at the screening, did they? Message in a bottle. <laughs> what is the mid-credits scene? <laughs> You know, guys, I've seen it. They, they, they did not show a mid-credit sting at the premiere. All right, we so to. the mid-credit sting yeah. is... Uh, For episode one, right? What? For episode one, right? Yes. Okay, just yes. checking. So the... Um, do you remember the cop from No Way Home? Yeah. He is actually not a cop. Apparently, he is from the Department for Damage Control. Yeah, okay. So Damage yeah. Control in the comics was an organization that would go in and clean up the mess the superheroes left behind. It's a really fun idea. Well, don't we see them at the beginning of uh, Homecoming? We do. No, no, Far From Home. No, not Far From Home. No Way Home. There's too fucking many names. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's the beginning of Homecoming, isn't it? Because they're the ones that set Vulture in motion. Isn't that oh, Damage yeah. Control? Damage Control. 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 Down Vulture's operation. Damage Control has set up them, but we don't see this agent until yeah. No Way Home. Oh, sure. Yeah, he yeah. appears to be some sort of government official. Yeah. So, yeah. like, as with Sword, they were a bit shit. So now we've got Department of Damage Control <laughs> as well so he and another colleague there is another there is another uh, she alerts him to footage of Kamala Khan right Displaying oh, yes. her powers. Yes, yeah. you see I, this. We did see this. Yeah, right, yeah. So you yeah, saw that. So, I didn't realize it was a sting. I so forgot. he seems to be antagonistic. Uh, he's play. He's Agent Cleary, by the way, which I think is a nod to Pat Cleary, who is the the guy who's a real life newscaster who plays himself in a bunch of MCU movies. So I think that was a little nod. But I was surprised to see him back. Uh, and in what, you know, we haven't seen episode two, <laughs> but uh, in what seems to be an embiggened role. Yeah, mm. perhaps. So I'm not entirely sure why these guys are feeling the need to pounce on everyone who displays superpowers. There's Obviously, the, Sok- the Sokovia Accords are still in place, but you think they would have given people a pass after, you know, saving the universe. You would think. <laughs> but maybe get into that next week if he's back. 
Wink, wink. <laughs> wink. Try, I don't know if the microphone can pick up the sound of me winking. It's okay, it's okay Chris. I got Let you. the record show. I am blinking very hard with only one eye. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was because uh, I think I love that I love the fact that there's no adversary yet and, and there will be at some point but I you know I'd be okay if it wasn't quite frankly <laughs> I uh, didn't miss it like no yeah until you brought it up I'm not sure I'd even really thought about it I just yeah. enjoyed the sh- the episode so much I hadn't thought mm. oh who's the baddie going to be obviously there is that sting and you think right that's like going to cause attention in the next episode but. But I think that speaks well of the character work. And I yeah. think the same thing is true of Moon Knight. In that first episode of Moon Knight, if we'd not seen Ethan Hawke at all and it had just been Stephen Knight testing about, I think we'd all have been perfectly Stephen happy. Knight. <laughs> well, Stephen Knight is one who wants to be millionaire. I calling you know? him Stephen Knight. <laughs> and it's, Stephen it's, Grant? Like, it's Moon Knight, it's Stephen Grant, and I keep calling him the creator of Peaky Blinders. It's very, very disconcerting. <laughs> so you say that, but I, the thing I really love about him is that he co-created Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, also that. Really? Yeah. 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 Which that. means he's richer than God, which yeah. means he doesn't have to do any of this shit. So, you know, he's just fucking around. In, in his original concept, Chris Tarrant had a cat with razor blades in it, and he really did the contestants in, so it was a very different... Yeah. Uh, different <laughs> the end of Peaky Blinders where Tommy phoned a friend, I thought, was a bit <laughs> <laughs> he did not he asked the audience <laughs> <laughs> we only see Moonlight in like the last 20 seconds of that first episode yes. so yeah, but, but Grant like Grant all the way yeah. through would have been fine but what I'm saying with this is like when the character work is strong you don't miss that stuff because yeah. you're enjoying spending time with yeah. characters mm-hmm. yeah. uh, something that another Disney Plus weekly <laughs> serial dropping could learn from just saying Boba Fett was a long time ago. ago. All right, let's take some questions because someone has a hard out. Uh, Here is our old pal, Foul Shopaholic. Foul Shopaholic. Does Maniba, that's um, Kamala's mother, does she know her mother's bangle has powers? The most powerful bangle since Susanna Hoffs. <laughs> I do not understand this reference. I, oh my I do not God, you're so either. fucking young. Oh my God, young. I'm on. She's the quarterback oh. for the Buccaneers. I can't believe you don't know Stop that. Stop calling back another podcast. <laughs> Keep the callbacks to this podcast. I don't understand that reference either. <laughs> it's a long, long, long story. Tom Brady specific <laughs> the bangles you know, tell me you've heard of the bangles the, the band the, yes the band yeah yeah, yeah not rather not the, the bangles <laughs> yeah. the band that goes in your wrist but actually yeah. the musical band just the, another the Manic Monday yes. yes well their lead singer is Susanna Hoffs okay I get so it now. I'm not saying Tom Brady <laughs> fucking hell the most powerful bangle mm. since Susanna Hoffs okay alright can you tell me hang on trivia boy can you tell me who Susanna Hoffs is married to no. People no. who have never heard of Susanna Hobbs. Can you can you tell me this? She is married to, of course, as we all know, Jay Roach. Hmm. Ah, director of Bombshell. Yes, and on that bombshell, <laughs> uh, let's carry on with the question. Does Maniba know her mother's bangle has powers, or maybe the powers differ depending on the wearer? Clearly she recognises it as something undesirable. I think she knows. Yes. She was like, put that away, get it in the attic. I think that she knows, but if she knows, then it's also poor form from her to not be more secure with the damn thing if she is that... Stick it in the attic. I mean, that's not... Anybody can find... I mean, maybe she believes in Kamala that she's going to do what she says and Kamala Mm. obviously doesn't, so there's that too. Mm. But still, if you know what it is, you know how powerful it is, I would, if I were her, take extra steps to secure it. Just saying. (laughs) <laughs> secure in your shit uh, Fowl Shopaholic also asks if you were in Kamala's position how would you convince your parents to let you go to AvengerCon 
<laughs> I'm thinking of the of turning red when she like <laughs> does a whole presentation to, <laughs> to get them to let her go to the concert. But we don't see it. We just yeah. see like the aftermath with her costume and everything. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very good question. I would just go because you know why? I'm a grown man and my yeah. parents are dead. So I wouldn't have to ask permission. So there you go. Oh, shit Boom. Real, real dark there for a second. Yeah. Um. Guess we, guess, I guess we, what's the line from Expendables 2? It gets pitch black and then, oh, but there's a, there's a good line from Expendables 2. I'm telling you, I'm going to look tell it up. Tell us more about it. I'm going to look it up while you tell me about how you would get to AvengerCon. I'm going to study group for a very important test. Can I go, please? <laughs> I'm probably staying at home. Yeah, <laughs> I would you have to ask better than that, Mom. come on. Jimbo, what would you do? What would I do? I don't know, get an Uber, something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my parents would be annoyed about it, to be honest. Uh, oh, here's some good Expendables 2 lines. Expendables two lines. Uh, Rest in pieces, says Barney Ross. Uh, I've heard another rumor, this is Barney Ross, that you were bitten by King Cobra. Booker replies, I don't know who Booker is, yeah, I was, but after five days of agonizing pain, the cobra died. A classic. <laughs> uh, then uh, Trench, who is Arnold, says, I'll be back. And then Church, who is Bruce Willis, says, you've been back enough, I'll be back. Then Church leaves, and then Trench says, yippee Kaye." <laughs> Genuinely one of the worst things that's wow. ever happened. Oh, ever. here it is. 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 Barney Ross. That's how we deal with death. Okay. <clears throat> that's how we deal with death. We can't change what it is, so we keep it light until it's time to get dark. And then we get pitch black. <laughs> that's what I just did. I kept it light until it was time to get dark. And then Wow. I got pitch and then I got pitch black. <laughs> that was so worth the digression to, to, to get there. Avengercon looks fun. <laughs> Avengercon did look fun. It's quite low rent though, isn't it? I mean it's not it Comic Con, is cheap. it? It was a little bit, you know, school hall. A little bit. Mache. A little bit. And I'd be disappointed by the lack of actual Avengers. Yeah. And it didn't you know. it did not feel officially endorsed to me. Like it felt no. like a, it felt it had it had the whiff of secret cinema about it, didn't it? <laughs> 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 Where it's like, yeah, we are allowed to do this, but without the participation of the IP holder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you could have had Scott Lang there or someone you could have had a, a cheaper Avenger. You know what I mean? Someone who would who would have turned up. But yeah. Real it, life it, Avenger come, please. I would attend. Yes, I will. Uh, I will get permission from my parents first. <laughs> of <Yeah>. course, <laughs> and then I will. Who would, you, who would you go as? Who would I go as? Uh, with a physique like mine, it would have to be the Hulk. <laughs> I don't know why I went Belgian. There. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh? what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'd go as. I would go. I, I I'm Scott Scott Lang. Would you? No, I don't. Know. Would you? If if I was putting effort into the cosplay, then maybe I could pull off Black Panther. But if I'm not, I beg your pardon. Maybe no one. I said no maybe. one. No one pulls Nobody is pulling off Black Panther in this podcast. <laughs> but if I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is I'm sorry upsetting. Wakanda forever <laughs> but, but if <laughs> on my train <laughs> what he's back to the was that German again what was that oh, was that that was <laughs> <laughs> on my train you would not want to be pulled off by Ulysses Claw let me tell you, let me tell you. <laughs> 
but he's only got one arm. It'd be difficult. More likely, <laughs> this is the more likely outcome that I'm putting no effort into the costume, but I can still make it work. I could pull off Nick Fury. I'm on. <laughs> We've talked about this. There are so many poorly chosen words in that sentence. <laughs> How do you think it lost his eye? I forgot what podcast I was, I was trying on. to think of something with the eye and I just couldn't. You got it. I could go I agree, as that would be a cool Nick Fury. Yeah. Yep, that works. Medical Nothing iPad. dirty there. Um, <laughs> Good. James, who would you wank off if you went to... <laughs> Four without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Look, James would be cosplaying yeah. as Thanos. He'd be getting that purple body paint. Yeah, it is true. I would have He'd purple body paint head chin. to toe. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, Loving life. <laughs> so, who would you go as? Oh, I might go as um, I've forgotten her name. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. <laughs> Bishop, not me, man. <laughs> Oh dear like, lord! Yeah, yeah AdventureCon. The uh, the uh, MC at AdventureCon, by the way, is Agent M Ryan Panagos. Yes, I did uh, recognize who that. Who is a lovely, lovely fella, and he's basically Marvel's in-house podcaster and media bloke. And once gave me a guided tour of uh, Marvel Comics HQ in New York. Nice. Yes, yeah, I've been was, there, which was very, very nice. I have been there too. Well, good. Yeah, I met him when he came to the UK for the Doctor Strange Homeland junket. Nice dude. Nice dude. I Lovely. Matt Fraction at uh, Marvel New York. Oh, I interviewed all of them. I'm fine. <laughs> this is <laughs> the whole Marvel podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just a fraction. Was it was a fraction. <laughs> all of Matt. All of Matt. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was genuinely dreadful. <laughs> oh, God. I'm aware, you ha- I'm aware you have to leave, but I'm, I'm not yeah. drawing this out. I mean, I'd say I have a hard out, but I'm afraid a mom will try to pull me off. So. <laughs> Oh, my word. (laughs) Pop a cap in your ass. (laughs) Did you see, by the way, the little illustration of Cap with... um, It was like an illustration with a really big (laughs) America's ass. Yes. And it looked like like a Family Guy style illustration, which was was interesting. Love it. There was lots of stuff I would have bought. By the way, did you see there was a Groot t-shirt and they called him Mr. Tree? Because I don't think they know his name. Oh, of course. And there was also a Drax. And it was like a really authentic Drax. And I was like, how the fuck do you know what... Hey, Drax didn't do that much in the battle of... Sorry, the battle for the universe at Avengers Compound in In upstate upstate New York. York, (laughs) On Earth. Uh, So how the fuck would people know that? And also there was like a dude who was like... There were cosplay dudes signing autographs. It's not like you could even do a portrait of Drax because he stands so still that he's basically (laughs) invisible (laughs) to the naked eye. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I do want to go there. If anyone wants to do an Avenger Con, then by all means, I am absolutely in. Uh, I think there's just a couple of last questions. This one's from NatL42. Oh, did you see the thing? The little thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah, to Tony. Poster of Tony and Natasha. Yeah. Yeah. Notice that Steve's not on there. So Steve, clearly the world knows that Steve's not dead, that he's still knocking around. He's on the moon. He's on the moon. He's, he's on, on the moon. moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until until Chris Evans agrees in terms, he's on the moon. Uh, Iman was great. Can't believe it is her first role. Animation reminded me of Mitchell's versus the machines yep. a little mm. bit. And are they hinting at a family secret with her mum's quick dismissal of the parcel? I believe they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and when we were talking about um, Kamala being like a YouTuber and stuff and how Peter Parker did that in 
homecoming and things. Mm. That reminded me of Mitchell's versus the machines a lot. Um, mm. She was making her own stuff, wasn't she, at the beginning? And it just had that fun, fun vibe to it. And yeah, the animation looked really cool. Let the dark harvest begin. begin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question comes from at Albatross Flavor. What a great Twitter handle. <laughs> Given the power of Scott's decapitated head. Oh, what did you think of that action sequence, by the way? The, with the Thor's giant Thor's hammer and... I thought... Mm. I thought she was dead when the hammer yeah. smacked into her. Yeah. She sound like, effects oh were powerful. God, they've killed her? They've just killed her like that? And I was like, oh no, she's just clinging on. I was like, I'm not sure it was obvious that she didn't die when that yeah. smacked into her. I think that would have killed you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she was worthy. Yeah. Maybe she silly. She was lifting it up yeah. as she was flying. I raised you up. Maybe Zoe is uh, the new Thor. Maybe it's not Jane Foster after all. Uh, given the power of Scott's decapitated head... What body parts, oh, steady I'm on. Oh, what time. body parts from other heroes would you bring into the Limvengers? Would it be Steve's arse or beard? beard. The Limvengers. What a niche question. <laughs> it is a very niche question. I didn't write it. It was at Albatross Flavor. I can't help but so be in the last question. Is it from Rocket Raccoon? We um, haven't had that many questions about Miss <laughs> Marvel. We had loads for Obi-Wan Kenobi, not that many for Miss Marvel, which maybe. For the next three weeks, people have to choose their loyalties, don't they? Mm. they you know, they, you can't necessarily cram both of these in. I would, I would ask questions of the scheduling decision. Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost like they didn't bear our podcast in mind when mm. they did this, or my sanity. Yeah, which, as you can tell from this podcast, has already snapped, <laughs> hanging by a thread before I pressed record, and now it is truly. Gone. I'm enjoying the differential in energy levels between this and the previous spoiler special yeah. podcast. Yeah, I hope that. The lack of questions is not reflective of any significant sort of number disparity in terms of viewer, viewership numbers between Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel. Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan can do <laughs> Gosh. Um, because Miss Marvel um, not only Ms. is... Marvel. is no, no, you can't just pick, <laughs> pick one. You can't, you can't do both. It's not right. It's not fair. Um, if you can say conscience and wonder yes. yeah, in, your, in your next sentence, that'd be great. Just, I need you to complete a bingo card. Gosh. Uh, and next, sorry, and back to your thought. Next time we do Flash Empire Live, we're going to have so so many other options for the bingo card. Oh, it's going to yeah. be great. Um, but yeah, not only is Miss Marvel the better show, but Miss Marvel, as we've discussed, is a big landmark for representation in the MCU. I don't want there to be any sort of well, not, not excuse, but like everyone's got the name recognition, and at this mm. point, Miss Marvel does not, and it would be a shame if the Miss Marvel suffered for that. Oh, I'm sure. Schedule. I'm yeah. sure. I'm on that. Even as we speak, dickheads are mobilizing <laughs> in their dozens. Yeah, quite frankly, because you know that's they're, they're a minority, and we really shouldn't um, uh, give them too much um, <laughs> airtime. <laughs> but I'm sure people are mobilizing to boycott this show. But you know, those people can go hang. Yeah. Okay. Something I do wonder and. Um, yeah, I knew I'd done that as soon as I did it. <laughs> Get in. One more. One more. One more. I just need one more. Please. Please. Could you say it like conscious or consciously, subconsciously? Yeah, just, just something. Yeah. yeah, something I thought, because as James mentioned, it is skewed younger, is if this show wasn't in the MCU, this has nothing to do with the quality, it's a great show, but if mm. this show wasn't in the MCU, would I watch it? Mm. I'm not sure that I would as great as it is yeah, uh, it, it seems like a word of mouth thing like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't seem to me to have really uh, penetrated the public um, oh the public 
Public. <laughs> Not helping you out. Consciousness. <laughs> Consciousness. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. I'll do it. I'm taking it off. I'm taking it off. Pulling it off. <laughs> Oh, for the love of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let this down, am I? No, you are not. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I don't think it has quite... This was an interesting one, I think, for me, because Moon Knight had a big, two big stars attached mm-hmm. to it. Mm. And here, they, you know, there are no big stars in the cast. I think Iman Falani will become a, a, a you know mm-hmm. big name on the, on the back of this, and deservedly so. Uh, and the rest of the cast are fantastic so far. But this was... I think the first MCU Disney Plus live action show that isn't in any way appended to something that either came before or has a big A-list star Mm. out front and center. So I'm really intrigued to see how this one goes down. uh, Kamala Khan in the comics is a very popular character. Miss Marvel is a very popular title. But will that translate to eyes on screen, bums on sofas? I don't know. I Mm. hope it does. I, I think that this one deserves to be seen, is what I'm saying. And yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully over time yeah. that will happen, and hopefully over time we will have more questions to deal with. Yeah. I do have a call back to a previous podcast how, that we did. What, what, <laughs> how previous? Oh, it was a while back now because it was the Morbius spoiler special. But if you remember in that spoiler special, I mentioned uh, a film called Crap Man. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, because <laughs> let, watch. Me, let, let me because I we're talking about. Would you watch it, this show if it wasn't sort of um, in the MCU? Yeah. And the great thing about the MCU is because of the interconnected nature of mm. it, even if there is a show which or a character which, that people haven't heard of, you are immediately interested because it's within the MCU and because there's a potential, as we know, for her to mix it up with other characters. Yeah. Um, so thankfully it has that, even if it doesn't have name recognition in terms of um, the character, at least at this stage, or um, any stars behind it, it's got the MCU to back it up. And I hope that that will be a really huge factor in getting more people to check it out because, as we have all noted, this is a really good show. Yeah, yeah and it, absolutely. It like makes it an ev- makes the MCU shows an even better place to like, you know, have have a Pakistani lead character get that representation there because mm. people are more likely to watch that mm-hmm. because they know it connects to something later on. It gives it automatically a bigger platform. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just something I thought earlier, but I yeah, will be watching yeah. it, so yeah. it's a moot point, doesn't matter. I just <laughs> love the shine that Miss Marvel is getting. I know that you know I played the um, demo of the game. I think we both did, but the Avengers game, which uh, starts with her going to Avengers Con, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, like she is our focal point of that game. Uh, she is the main character in the story, and mm. she's, story in inverted commas. <laughs> Sometimes it is. <laughs> the story is actually the best element of the game. Everything else, the I game, the gameplay is not good. And I never we, got we, off we, the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gameplay, like I didn't buy the full game because the the demo was not good. Um, I got it in Game Pass, but. Yeah. yeah, and there then it go. gave it a pass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not a very good game in terms of gameplay or stuff. But like, I just love the shine that that character is getting, um, and I feel like within it's going to be really interesting to see how we talk about the character in the next ten years or so. Because mm. getting to see her mix it up with all her heroes mm. is going to be really, really special, especially when it comes to uh, Captain Marvel in the Marvels. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, excited, Fantastic. excited for her future. Good stuff. Excited for the future. Excited for all our futures. Hopefully, uh, good to see you're alive again after your <laughs> earlier brush with death. Uh, because that is it for our Miss Marvel Episode 1 spoiler special. Join us next week for more Miss Marvel 
related fun. We'll be diving deep into episode two, which we may or may not have seen. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. That's good. That's good. Uh, anyway, until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, it is time to say goodbye to my three colleagues of such lethal cunning, Sophie Butcher. Happy Asgard Pride, everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did love that. Um, <laughs> uh, goodbye from Amon Warman. Speaking of Asgard Pride, I do love the fact that she has figured out that Thor is a gamer. And I hope that when she meets Thor, that is the first conversation that they have. <laughs> Noobmeister. <laughs> she is Noobmeister. Noobmaster69, actually. That's it. You're right. It's Noobmaster69. That's because you stopped yeah. watching Endgame after three minutes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I never yeah. made it to that bit. You passed out in a coma by that point. <laughs> Peace, Good everyone. Having, having pulled off that. <laughs> Uh, goodbye from James Dyer. Gone! <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. I'm off to pull off crap, man. It's going to be quite the challenge. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.